So last week we talked about the promise. There are many promises <clears throat> in God, but there is the promise. And um, today I'll talk about, the, I'm going to start a series actually, it's going to be a series on the wilderness. And uh, why the children of Israel had to go through the wilderness. And why we are going to have wilderness experiences in our lives. It's just going to happen. There's nothing we can do about it. But you'll see God's wisdom and why that is. And uh, so just to recap a bit. And if you like, you can write these scriptures down. Because these are the ones I used last week. Uh, so we were in Exodus 19 through 6 and in that God was revealing his general plan to Moses I mean if you want I, you know, I can give you those scriptures afterwards but God was revealing his general plan to Moses Moses didn't have the details of the plan God was just, just giving him the general plan and, and his promise to the children of Israel and his purpose for the children of Israel Right. So, as he was telling Moses to tell the people, he said, Tell the children of Israel. This is God telling Moses what to tell the children of Israel. Tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. How I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. I delivered you. Now, therefore, because I delivered you, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, if you commit to me, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That's God's promise. So God is saying to Moses, to tell the people what he's going to do. But this is only going to happen if, if they obey and keep my covenant. Then you shall be a special treasure to be above all people. So these are people with favor. If you obey and keep my, my commandments, you'll be people of favor. Because he said, you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. As far as I understand, when I say above something else, that means you are, you got first choice. You got first dibs. Alright? Now in 1 Peter 2, 5 and 9, that is what God said to Moses in, in the book of Exodus. Now if you go to 1 Peter 2, 5 and 9, this is what the scripture says. You also as living stones, as living stones, this is Peter talking to the Christian Jews, in Jerusalem, you also as living stones are being built upon a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So you're hearing the same theme, but now it says to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's the theme again. Uh, uh, you'll be a special treasure. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
And why? To proclaim. This is why they are the, we, we are, we, the promise is to have this pr- kingdom of priests and kings to proclaim his praises. To proclaim his praises. And again, we talked about in Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 11 through 13, 19 through 22. Therefore, this is, this is uh, Paul speaking. To the, these are the, the, uh, the Ephesians and the churches of Ephesus. These are non-Jews. Therefore, he said, remember that you, who were once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in, by the hands of by made in flesh by hands. The uncircumcised call you, the circumcised call you uncircumcised because you all weren't in the covenant. You all did not have a part in this covenant. Okay? Because <clears throat> he said that at that time you were without Christ. The time when this covenant was on, you were without Christ. You are outside of this covenant, of this promise. You were aliens, strangers from the commonwealth of Israel and from the covenants of promise. So we were outside. So when God told the people of Moses to tell the people of Israel, you will be a special people to me above all others. That means anyone who is not involved in this covenant is outside. They have no claim on the promise. But the good news is here, it says you who were outside Verse 13 in Ephesians chapter 2. You were who were once outside, who did not access to this promise. Now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now, therefore, because you are no longer outside, but you are brought in by the blood of Christ, because of that, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Because of the blood of Christ, you who were outside that scope, who didn't have access to the promise, you have been brought in by the blood of Christ. Now you're no longer a stranger. You've been brought in through the blood of Christ. And not only that, you become a fellow citizen with the saints of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in God. In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. What is he saying? You are starting to see now how God is looking at how this holy nation and royal priesthood is going to be shaped. It's a people who are preferential treatment because they're in a covenant. But that covenant is only effective if they obey and keep the commandments. Okay? And those who didn't have access, those who were uncircumcised, now have access to that promise through the blood of Christ. And with that, we have all now become fellow citizens. And citizens in that kingdom have rights. Forget that. Don't forget that. We have rights. As citizens of the United States, you have rights. As citizens of whichever country you are from, you have rights. Anyone who does not belong 
who is outside do not have access to the rights, to the same privilege as those who are citizens. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now, because of the blood of Christ, we have access to that promise. So we have same rights and privileges as the children of Israel who God made the covenant with through the blood of Christ. And what did we do to deserve it? Nothing. This is just recap from last week. So, and also in the next scripture was Revelation 5, 9 through 10. And it's talking about what is happening in the scene in heaven. It says, you were slain, talking about the, the Lamb of God, Jesus, and have redeemed us to God by your blood. You have brought us into, re, re, into relationship. You have reconciled us to God. Brought us back in good relationship, right standing with God through your blood. The same blood that they talked about, those who were outside are now brought in and made citizens of that, of that kingdom. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. This is not exclusive to the circumcised anymore. It's, a, it's, it's exclusive to whomever. Out of every nation, out of every tribe and every tongue. And have made us, what? Kings and priests our God and we shall reign on the earth. So the same promise that was made where God told Moses to tell the people, that promise has been extended to the uncircumcised. And what it is for us to be what? Be a nation of priests and kings to our God. And we shall rule or reign on earth. So God's whole plan, as he told Moses, and his plan has not changed, is to have a, a nation or a race of people who are now in Christ. There's no more uncircumcised. There's no more circumcised. One in Christ will become a holy nation, a royal priesthood, offering praises and spiritual sacrifices to God. And not only that, we'll be a habitation, living stones for the God and the Spirit. So we are going to be one fellowshipping with God. Reigning with Christ on the earth. So this is where my topic for today is going to bump off of now. So God's plan has not changed. The scope of it was later revealed in Christ. Now in Christ, the circumcised and uncircumcised will be one people. A holy nation. Who will inherit the promise and be made kings and priests to God and reign with Christ on the earth. So everybody understand what that promise is? Good. Let's go to the book of Hosea. Let's go to Hosea chapter 11 verses 1 through 4. So I'll give a small recap. And this is really, oh my God, this is really good. When Israel was a child, I loved him. This is a prophet speaking through by the, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. As they called them, so they went with them. They sacrificed to the Baals. And burn incense to carve images. Okay. 
I taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I drew them with gentle cords, with bands of love, and I was to them as I was to them as those who take the yoke off their neck. I stooped and fed them. This is God. This is how God is. Now, this is how God is speaking about what he what he did for the children of Israel. He said, Israel was a child. I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son. God had a son who he refers to the nation of Israel as his son, who was in Egypt, who was a slave, who was in bondage. He called his son out of Egypt. Okay? He called him out. But they sacrificed to the Baals. The son that he called out didn't acknowledge him the way he ought to. And you will see why. So he said, I taught Ephraim how to walk. Now Ephraim, if you go back and read, is one of Joseph's son, Joseph's youngest son. But Ephraim is the one who got the blessing. The major blessing. But there's a story, a reason for that. Taking them by the arms, but they did not know that I healed them. So you have a son who was in slavery, brought out from captivity. He said, I brought him out, and they did not know that I healed them. He said, I drew them with gentle cords, with bands of love. And I was to them as those who take the yoke from their neck. I stooped and fed them. Not only did I bring them out. The yoke of slavery, the oppression that the Egyptians were putting on them, I took that yoke off of them. But did they appreciate it? No. I even stooped and fed them. He gave them manna. They complained they wanted bread. He gave them manna. They complained they wanted quail. He gave them quail. They complained they wanted water. He gave them water. They complained this. They, he, whatever they need, he gave it to them. But this is the kicker. Let's go to Psalm 106. Oh, this is already changing. Psalm 106. And we're going to start at verse 14. Verse 14. I'm going to read 14 and probably stop at... I'm going to jump around 14, 15, then 24, 25. But lusted exceedingly in the wilderness... That's why they were doing all that complaining. Because they lust. They were lusting exceedingly in the wilderness. And tested God in the desert. They tested God. They were trying God's patience. And he gave them their request. But sent leanness into their souls. Whatever they asked for, he gave it to them. And verse... And if you continue reading through the other verses, you see what happened to them. But let's go to verse 24. Verse 24. And this is what caused them to have to wander the desert, the wilderness for 40 years. Then they despised the pleasant land. The land of promise. They despised it. Because they didn't believe the report. Joshua and Caleb. 
even though they sent 12 spies, they believed the 10 and, and did not believe Joshua and Caleb. And Caleb. He said, then they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe his word. God gave them a promise. He said, I am going to take you out of Egypt and take you into a land. Houses you didn't build. Wells you didn't dig. Vineyards you didn't plant. I'm going to take you into that land of promise. But by their complaining, rebellion, it showed God that they did not believe his word. They did not believe his word. Joshua and Caleb, Moses, they all were yes. And Aaron, they all were yes. Yes, we could do it. Why? Because God said it. But everyone else was complaining. So because they despised the land and they did not believe his word, as I hear in verse 24, but verse 25, but complained in their tents. Right? So they go back home and they start complaining and talking about Moses, talking about Aaron, complaining in their tents and did not heed the voice of the Lord. Therefore, he raised up his hand in an oath against them to overthrow them in the wilderness. Right? So, the key to what was said in, the, in Hosea and which was really, it just hit me when I, when I was reading that Especially in Hosea. It says, Israel was a child. You have a child. You have an inheritance for your children. Are you going to, let's say you, let's say for example, you want to leave your house, you want to leave, you work all these years, you have, leave money to bank, you leave, you leave your cars, for your children. But. At five years old. Ten years old. Are you going to leave them access to your bank account? Are you going to leave them access to your cars? No. Why? Because they're children. They don't know how to handle. Their inheritance. So what do you do in the interim? If you know that something. In the, in the instant. Something happens to you. You do a will. A will is, a, is a, like a covenant, right? You have a will. You're going to do a will in case something happens or to the parents. This is what will happen. This is what is going to be how the children, who, this is who is going to be raising the children. This is who is going to make sure at a certain age the inheritance is imparted to them. So you'll have intermediaries, guardians. You'll have whatever it is, tutors, whatever. An intermediary. So you do not hand the promise. You do not hand the promise. You do not give the inheritance to the children before their time. Let's go to Galatians and I'll show you something here. And while you turn into Galatians chapter 4, let me just say. The key here, as I said, Israel was a child. A spiritual child who had a loving father. You have a child who have an inheritance but did not know who they were and who they were destined to become. A child cannot relate to what their future is going to be. A child cannot relate to, the, to what their future to, That is so far off. And their mental capacity is not developed enough 
to be able to appreciate what the inheritance is. They can't, it does not make sense to them. It does not compute. Okay? So God is saying, if you obey, and if you keep my covenant, you shall be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. A people preferred above others. That part they might hear. But the other part does not compute. Why? Israel was a child. And not only was Israel a child, Israel was a child who had a slave mentality. How can a slave, a child, compute or understand what an inheritance is? It does not compute. It, does make, it makes no sense to a child what, an, what their inheritance is. Okay? So, if, let's go to Galatians chapter 4 verses 1 through 3. And this is what the word of God says. He says, Now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Okay, this is what he's saying. Israel is an heir. <clears throat> God says, my son I called out of Egypt to give them an inheritance. They have an, they are heir to something. But it says here in Galatians, an heir, as long as he's a child, doesn't differ from a slave. Though he's master of all. The heir has access to an inheritance. The heir is going to rule and reign. But the heir, even though he's master of all, even though he has that authority and power, does not know he has that authority and power. Does not know how to use it. It does not register mentally that I have this authority and I am an heir. So he said, a child... Israel was a child and doesn't differ than being a slave because even though he's master of all, his mentality is like that of a slave. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we are the same. Israel was a rebellious child. Why? Because they were in bondage. Because they were lusting after things. And that's what children do. Even adults do that. Why? Because they have a mentality of a child. Why people, that's why people complain. That's why people bellyache. That's what children do. When children want something, they carry on. Why? Because they want their own way. There's a lust in them for what they want. And if they want it, they're going to yell and scream. That's why babies cry. I'm hungry. So they yell and scream until you, you put the stuff, the bottle in their mouth. Not stuff, but you insert the bottle in their mouth. And then they're quiet. Why? Because they be, that, that desire, that lust is being satisfied. And also around the holiday season, you, you go to the kids to the toy store, you go shopping. There's a whole bunch of mommy, I want this, mommy, I want that. Do they care about the price? Kids don't care. They don't care about the price. They don't understand how hard you got to work. All they know is, I want that. I don't care what you got to do to get it. I want that. And not only do I want that, I also want that, and I want that, and I also want that. Oh, and you can throw in that too. 
They don't care. All they care about is satisfying their own desires, their own lust. That's what is happening with Israel here. And that's what happens with a lot of us. So the, the, the child mentality has nothing to do with them being children, per se, physically. It's their mentality of a child and a slave. So many adults have the mentality of children. But when you have a mentality of a child, you are a slave. Even though you have an inheritance, you act like a slave. Because you have the mentality of a child. I didn't even start my, my message. This is just introduction. So they were slaves in Egypt. But because of their rebellion, they had an inheritance, but they were not ready to receive it. God couldn't give it to them. So that's why he had to put them through the wilderness. Because they, he already saw they would not appreciate what he had for them. So, before God could bring Israel into the promised land, there was a transition or shift which had to take place in them. So you bring in your son out of Egypt. Many of us who were born again, because Egypt is a type of the world. Many of us who got saved, we were brought out of the world into the kingdom of God. But we have an inheritance. So for us to be able to take a hold of the inheritance, we have to get the mind, the mindset of a child, of a slave, the mindset of the world out of, God is going to have to get it out of us. That's why it says, be renewed, by the tra- be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you don't no longer have the mind of a child, of a slave, but you have the mind of a son, of an heir. Glory to Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to have the mindset of an heir, not a slave or a child. Okay? So if that's why we are, the, the, the child, even though it's different, it's, it's Different, it's not different from a slave. That's why it's under guardians and stewards. What do the guardians and stewards do? The guardians and stewards take care and groom, shape, tutor, prepare the child to rule. They teach them what they need so when they come to the age, when the father said, it's time for you to take over, they are ready. Why? They have been prepared to rule. So they they act like an heir. Their decisions, the way they speak, the decisions they make is that of a just heir. Okay. So there was a transition or shift which had to take place in, in, in Israel. So the Lord took them through the wilderness and made them wander 40 years. And it tells, and it, the Bible talks about why that happened. When there is a spirit of rebellion in children of God, there will always be a wilderness experience they have to go through. I don't care who it is. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how poor you are. I don't care how, if you're middle com- income, upper middle, it doesn't matter. Whoever, circumcised or uncircumcised, as long as you have been brought out of Egypt, the world, through the blood of Christ, saved. As far as God is concerned, you are a child. You have a mind of a slave. Why? Because you serve the world 
when you came into the kingdom. And when you come into the kingdom, you still have the mentality of a slave. So God has to put you through the wilderness so that you can be groomed and schooled so that when you are prepared, you are ready to rule. Right? So there will always be a wilderness experience. It's not, pr- it's not pretty. Some wilderness experience will be shorter. Some will be longer. Some will be harder than some. Others. It all depends on how our attitude, how we approach the experience. It's not pretty. There's a lot of shaving and shaping and cutting away and crying and belly aching that's going to go on. But God, I tell you, it's better you submit. The quicker you submit, the quicker you get to your promise. Because the, the more you rebel, time is no, it doesn't matter to God. The more you rebel, God can just wait you out. God, it doesn't, the more we kick and scream, God is like, not like gonna freak out and say, oh my God, I don't have enough time to get them. No, He's just wait until you give up. He's gonna, He's gonna wait you out. Let's see who can, let's see who can outweigh who. <laughs> we already know who's gonna win. We ain't gonna win. <laughs> I just laugh at the people who are mad at God. I'm like, really? You are mad at God? Who do you think's gonna win? You? You're not gonna win. Futile. But that's a, that's a slave mentality. That's when you don't understand who you're dealing with. Alright. So what is this willingness and why? Why did they, and why do we have to go through, go through the willingness experience? I touched on it already because I said, you know, we have to be prepared to rule. You can't rule with the mentality of a slave or as a child. So in God's kingdom, an heir cannot rule if he is a child. If he has a slave mentality. And he says, now that, I, now that I, in Galatians, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he be master of all. He has to be taught about his inheritance. Number one, the children of Israel came out of Egypt. Moses, God tells Moses that this is the promise. This is their inheritance. They, they don't even understand what an inheritance is. So they have to be taught. What? Number one. Who are we now? What is this inheritance? How do we get to this inheritance? Where, what are we supposed to be like when we get to the place of our promise? This is the same thing that we have to go through. You know, we can, you know, it's great when you hear that we're going to be a, 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 a holy nation, a royal priesthood. We'll be ruling on the earth. Because that, we're going to be, we will be judging angels. Believe it or not. We will be judging angels. Excuse me. I'll, you're all just so quiet. We will be judging angels. We will be, because we will be reigning and ruling with Christ. I heard uh, one of my one of uh, um, a, a preacher who are, who really changed my life. God used him to change my life. The, he said, "Our family business is rule. Our family business is rule. There is we rule over demonic spirits. We rule over darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Our family business is rule. 
But if you have the mentality of a slave, you don't know who you are, how can you rule? You can't rule when you don't know who you are. You can't rule when you don't know your authority. You, don't, you can't rule when you don't know your power. How can you rule when you're ignorant? But that's why when we sing, when we sing these songs, I mean these songs, they, they, they're, 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 I'm so thankful for what God has done through Christ. Because of Jesus, we could, we could come before Him. We didn't do anything to deserve it. That's how, that's the love of God. We did nothing to deserve it. And all we have to do is believe. And we have a get an inheritance. Oh my God. We get to rule. Darkness no longer has, you see, this is not, people look at, always looking at the physical. This is a spiritual kingdom. God is a spirit. God doesn't, he operates in the spirit and manifests in the, in the natural. And that's who, that's who we are. We are to operate in the spirit. So that what we speak and what we do and what we believe in God for manifests in the natural. That's why it says, creation groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Waiting. Say, y'all get your act together. Creation is like, we need to be redeemed. You're taking too long. <laughs> but this, this, is the, this is the ignorance that is in the body of Christ. That's why you have to study your Bible. That's why, you have to, that's why Jesus said, seek. I, I don't know. I think people tired of hearing me saying it, saying it. Seek ye first the kingdom. We're seeking the stuff. But if you seek the kingdom, the stuff comes. Why? Because our Father already knows what we need of. But we are so busy trying to deal with the little things that we forget that we have to, we have to, we are being groomed to rule and reign. When you understand what you have in the kingdom, what you have access to, the stuff comes. So you, you got a bill to pay, whatever it is that's happening in your life. Worship him. Make your request known and worship him. Why? Because he already knows. And what you're worshiping, you're saying, Lord, I'm offering a, a sacrifice. Look, in my mind, I don't know how this is going to work out. But I'm offering up a spiritual sacrifice to you. Because what? That's what your word says to do. It says to worship me. Honor me. Make your request known. Let the peace of God rule. Don't get all worked up. Worship me. People giving you drama, problems? Relax. Worship me. Let me know what's going on. Say, Lord, this person is giving me, driving me on my, having me on my last nerve. But Lord, change me. I'm looking to you because you got the answer. You told me if I work, if I obey you and worship you, I'm special. I'm preferred over that jerk who's, who's driving me crazy. So I know you're going to handle it. So I'm worshiping you. And I'm going to watch you do what you got to do. But just give me wisdom, Lord. Not to stumble. Not to give you a bad name. Help me to hold my tongue. And let your spirit give me what I need to say. And show me what to do. So I can glorify your name. Priests. A kingdom of priests. And kings. But this is not the kingdom like the world's kingdom. This is a kingdom of Priest, but 
They are humble kings. Kings who are willing to bow so that they can be exalted. In the kingdom of God, the kingdom that we are part of, the kings serve each other. And we serve our Lord. And the more we serve, the f- we are exalted. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He would exalt you in due season. And that exaltation is on the earth so that we can manifest His glory and His power is manifested through us. Because it's not us. It's His power working through us. Justin, I'm talking to you guys, but I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I'm talking to myself. Because I get, I get worked up. I get worked up. But, you know, when Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are bruised. To set the captives free. To declare the acceptable year of the Lord. I mean, I read that scripture many times, but there was one time I read it and my mind just exploded. Because I saw myself in a different light. I saw what Jesus was here to accomplish. And when we do communion, it blows my mind because we have an end. It's not only He died so that our sins can be forgiven. He died so that we could have an inheritance. Because without His blood, we were afar off. We couldn't come close and, and be part of the and have part be partakers of the promise. And we have to do nothing to deserve it except believe and receive it. And then we are, we are schooled. We have to go through, start going through the wilderness so that we can be schooled to rule. Oh my God. So the wilderness is important because as a slave, as a child, the mentality of a child, we came out from a world that we were in bondage to. We were masters, thinking we, at least thinking we were masters in the world. We knew how to manipulate. We know how to party. We know how to lie. We know how to scheme. Oh, and some of us really know how to cuss. We could, I mean, we knew what to do and how to do it. It came natural. Because that's the spirit of the world. But in that world, we also been manipulated, but did not know it. But now, we have been brought near, out of the world, into the kingdom. And now, through the wilderness, we're going to talk about why and how and the things that we have to go through to get to where God needs us to be. Okay? So the wilderness is the arena where the air, as I said, is schooled and prepared for service. As not only a royal priest, but also to learn what our responsibilities are as heirs. Do you hear that? Because the time to learn is not when you're on the throne. The time to learn is when you're on your way to the place of promise. Even though we are in Christ, who is seated at the right hand, we still don't understand what we have to do. We're getting from Egypt to the promised land. And in the promised land, 
We are going to be priests and kings to God. We're going to be ruling and reigning. But in the transition, the transition is where the changing is going to take place. Now, how long we want to wander the wilderness is all the contingent on how much we're willing to submit. So next week, we're going to pick up from there. <laughs>